and he was literally shouting, and and there was no uh, distortion effects on on the recording. That was just him shouting that far into the microphone. Nice. Yeah. So so you can tell the difference between here and me, and now I'm talking like this on top of the mic, and that sounds much better. Doesn't it though? <laughs> I could be king. <laughs> Right, is this the show? Are, are we starting? <clears throat> I think you, we're starting. Are we recording yet? Oh, no, you you could be mean, and I, I'll drink all the time. Yes. Because we're lovers, and that is a fact. Because oh. we're lovers, and that is that. I, you know, I'm that. sorry, but, and I know it's Bowie's song, but I, I only see you and McGregor and... You and McGregor, yeah. <laughs> Nicole Kidman every time. Every time. Every time. Every kiss begins with K. And you know why every kiss begins with K? Because kiss starts with the letter K. Yeah. Do you know that? <laughs> yes. So, I feel like I'm on a Sesame Street. Yeah. Well, actually, episode, Sesame right. Street is really big in our house right now. The uh-huh. letter of the day. And you have to subscribe to HBO, but they have all 42 seasons. We talked about this on our show today. Yes. Of Sesame Street? Of Sesame Street, because HBO now has all of Sesame Street, so you can have all 42 seasons. Because of capitalism. And that letter of the day song gets stuck in your head. Anyways, about... <laughs> don't We can't sing it, or the baby will wake up. It'll be terrible. Well, and also, probably, we'll have to pay somebody for... Oh, yeah, plus uh, right. licensing and copyright yeah. and all this. But anyways, okay, about, well, maybe four weeks ago, we were watching TV, and that came, came on, and Sam was like, wait, every kiss does begin with K because it's kiss, and it's K. I was like, yes. How old is he again? 37. That's clever. That's clever, he says. And it it's has been a been clever cl- marketing pitch for how long? It's been a clever marketing pitch for a while. Yeah. He, he Tag is very upset about tag, this. Tag. <laughs> it's like, come on, Sam. He's like, get with the program. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So <laughs> that was fun. I was like, oh. Hey, tag. tag, why don't you go see Noah? There he is. Go see Noah. <laughs> <laughs> He's Waylon. gonna go play somewhere else for a little while. Waylon also got exited from the room too. He might yeah. um, bulldoze his way back in. We'll see. Well, hey, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. Sorry about the craziness. You know how this is episode what 112. 12, and yeah. you think we you think we would know what we're doing by now, but apparently we what? just are confused. Well, we do in some aspects of it. I mean, uh, look, I've got notes. You've got notes this time. I'm kind of scared. I know. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me find them right here. This is paper that I'm turning. I hear it. You know, because Sam said he was so annoyed by all my typing, so I thought this would be better. You're just going to write on paper. Well, I doodle a la John Stewart and Stephen Colbert. While As we're, we're talking. talking, oh yeah, make scribbles. It does become artwork because that would be cool. We could make um, that our. Not yet, no. No. Okay. So it gets thrown away. Elizabeth, I have a quiz for you today. Yeah, I'm scared. What is this quiz? What's your writing personality? Oh, wait. Is this related to what's my writing superpower? My storytelling superpower? You know about this, yes? No, I don't know about that. Okay, well, we'll come are back you hi- to that. Are you hijacking my quiz? I've prepared nope, for this. Nope, nope, maybe, maybe a little. <laughs> Plotters live for organization and structure. Pantsers, conversely, like to wing it, and often in life as in writing. All right, so you have to answer agree or disagree. Mm-hmm. I believe. I that feel like we already know what I'm going to be, but go ahead. <laughs> I believe that there's a place for everything and everything should be in its place. Uh, nope. I, I mean, I would disagree. I enjoy making spur-of-the-moment plans. Agree. Road trips are more fun when you explore off the beaten path. I disagree a little, actually. How much gas do you have in the car? Do you have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> like, There's some other factors. Yeah, like how long is it going to be before we get to someplace acceptable to eat again? 
that kind of thing. When I watch movies, I find myself speculating what will happen next. Uh, See, it's harder than you thought, isn't it? Do I agree with that or I disagree? I think I agree with that. And it depends on the movie, maybe. Yeah, if it's one you've seen a lot, obviously, or the book, if you've read the book. <laughs> well, I mean, like you know. sometimes, you know, I yeah, I guess I agree with that. I I speculate. When I travel, travel, I like to have a detailed itinerary. I uh, disagree. My world isn't messy; it's organic. <laughs> I agree with that. Bright colors and natural patterns speak to me. Agree. I tend to be punctual. I agree. Like over overly punctual, if you want to but know. But see, I feel like that's a leading question having to do with plotters, not pantsers. I know. But I am the same way. But perhaps we're overcompensating for our natural tendencies. Probably. I think I also have like a serious uh, abandonment issues. So I always get everywhere way before it's time for something because that way I can't get forgotten. Isn't that sad? What? no it's not sad it's just puzzling to me but then wouldn't you realize that i mean what if they never show up isn't well that's different it's not quite the same thing it's different from like being late and people leaving without me oh or people getting started without you yes oh on the fun right i see what you're saying now there's a yeah there's a different issue people that never show up and those people just get stabbed. Um, a- sorry, go ahead. <laughs> ATMO, afraid to miss out. Well, yes, there's definitely that. Last minute plans stress me out. Uh, yeah, yes, agree. See, I feel like that's a that's a leading question for a plotter too. And I never lose things. Sometimes it just takes me a while to find what I'm looking for. Uh. I think that is also an agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that, too. I know exactly where everything is. I technically don't know exactly where everything is, but I know that I have it. Like, there was this photo album that I was looking for, and Noah's like, I don't even remember that thing. And I was like, it's totally here. I just don't know where it is. (laughs) Okay, so... I found it eventually, by the way. Of course you did, because... You didn't lose it. It just took you a while to find it. Like, you know, three weeks, four weeks. It was in a box with a whole bunch of other photo albums, nice and clearly labeled. I just couldn't find that box. Or for me, I found all his, all Ben's three-month clothes when he was three months. It's a bit, (laughs) it's a bit late to find those. Yeah. It took me three months to find them. (laughs) Oops. Okay, so there's another uh, 20 questions, but we won't go through that. But this is um, What's Your Writing Personality from the latest edition of Writer's Digest. And on the title page here, you might recognize somebody. I'm sorry. Are you holding a magazine? I am. Oh, okay. I haven't seen this magazine, but I, I'm is it, my, is it Gabriella on the It is indeed. She's okay, not on good. the cover, though. On the um, table of contents. Contributors here. Oh, yes, because she's she does contribute quite a bit to Writer's Digest. Well, there she is. What is her, um, the the article that's in there this time? It's called List Factors. Uh-huh. Also, DIY MFA is featured as one of the top websites for writers. Yes, I knew that, and I was very proud of her for that. Actually, there's go, another one in there that's called Write Like Rowling. That is also another um, featured um, okay, website. That, yeah, that list in and of itself is worth buying the copy of this. Uh-huh. It really is. Sam actually I, got me this. Well, that was sweet of him. Wasn't it? So so that's one of the things. So this is the Web Issue 101 Best Website for Writers. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. But it has a lot of good... Okay. <clears throat> Let me go back to... Is this better, Sam? <laughs> Here you go. Okay. Plotting, versing, pantsing. And this is by Jeff Summers. I don't know who he is. But he's um, offering plantsing. The art of plotting and pantsing. Right. Because 
technically, I mean, when it comes down to it, we're all kind of somewhere in between. It's just that some of us start. Okay, so yeah, this is what he says. The cornerstone of planting is always follow your instincts at first. Yes. Planting comes into play when you start to struggle, whether you have a completely plotted story that now feels a bit stilted and unwieldy, or a novel that began with the thrill of a great idea but has cooled off in a sluggish middle. The trick is not to give up, but rather to change tactics. So try the other one. Yes. Yay. I thought this was pretty good. Let's see. It is good. Writer's Digest has a lot of really meaty material. Yes, and there's another article, in fact, about plotting and pantsing. And that handy-dandy quiz. I haven't, well, of course, because I'm a pantser, I haven't um, tallied my score because I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> so, However, um, I completed all 30 questions. <laughs> so for some people, like, um, the for the people who pants, what happens is that means you generate material before you start organizing. So like you have a you have a body of words that you work with and scenes that you work with, um, and you start to organize them. And so like you're you're still an outlier, a plotter technically. It's just that sometimes it comes after, and you have to go back and um, see the order and the outline of your story after you've done some content creation but like you probably still have to add in scenes in different places where you're like oh not enough was explained here or um there needs to be more transition or things like that so so yeah it's it's just i think it's a matter of whether you start writing first or whether you you know whether you do that whole structural thing first but eventually everybody gets to structure and eventually everybody has to write something like you you can't outline the story the story if you know what i mean like you can outline the outline and the plot but then you actually still have to write it right so here jeff's idea is that the problem if if you get the identity of i'm a plotter or i'm a pantser then when you get stuck, which inevitably you do because, you know, you can't uh, – you might have the greatest outline, but you still got to put words to a page. Or right. you might have words flowing like crazy, but eventually they're going to stop. So you have to have another tactic that you switch to, which is exactly what you just said. Yep. But what he's saying is that sometimes if you identify so strongly with one or the other, then you can't kick yourself into the other gear. And you got to learn how to do that in order to complete right. draft. Yes, it's true. Okay, so this other one is uh, secrets to success with both approaches. <clears throat> when it comes to getting the first draft of your novel on paper, the only real rule is whatever works. Get words <laughs> on the page. True. If you're a pantser, then pants away. But do exactly. so with the understanding that sometimes you will pants yourself right into corners or begin stories that you simply cannot finish. <laughs> Been there, and done that. And if you're a plotter, understand that it might feel, again, stilted or not alive. And so this author is suggestion, knowing that where the – oh, sorry. Let me start again. <laughs> For plotters, knowing where the story is going in advance frees them to write that story with abandon. If you are the sort of person who makes lists, plans vacations ahead of time, and buys Christmas presents year-round, you may be a plotter. The good news is that – you sometimes will have more success with agents and editors because you'll have a plan that you're submitting to them. Right. Not necessarily this editor, however. <laughs> well, I guess it depends, too, like, on the genre and everything as well. Because, I mean, any good nonfiction book proposal is based on, you know, a well-thought-out plan um, and maybe not necessarily all of the writing is done yet but for fiction it's kind of different so here's the other thing that this author is suggesting for training to finish the first draft right so whatever it is like if you've gotten stuck you've got to still finish the draft write every day write at the same time every day end your writing session while you're on a roll now that's an interesting thing i think that that's something i could work on mm-hmm Reward yourself when you meet a bench bark. Yes. Cinnamon buns, I would suggest. 
give yourself a writing vacation. That's what you just did. Oh, well, yeah. an editing one, but still the same. Yeah. Anyways, I thought that you would greatly enjoy this and you need to, well, you're a pantser. You won't go finish that writing personality. <laughs> the quiz. But so like speaking like of I won't grade it, but it was fun to do it. Speaking of quizzes, you should um anybody who's interested should go to DIYMFA.com backslash S T S P uh storytelling superpower and to take the quiz that Gabriella and I developed there. It's not forty questions long. It's Hey, this only- one was only thirty. <laughs> It's only you seven don't have questions to do, long. Do you have to do math? Because that's what's holding no. me up from the other one. Yeah. No, there's no math involved. Um, it's very, like, associative um, kind of quiz. And then um, it helps you, like, figure out what kind of stories you're drawn to, what kind of stories you should be writing because they're the ones that you're, like, where you're happiest. Ooh. And by happiest, I mean, like, you know, you can still write tearjerker depressing stories but like you're happy in that space of like it's what you're good at right so like hitting your stride as a runner exactly okay so mentioning that here's another great article in here called the others uh when can you call yourself a real writer oh my god i hate this but go ahead tell me what what they say and then we'll talk about that Even as I began to write and get published, I hesitated to call myself a writer. There always seemed to be yet another goal to achieve before I could do so. (coughs) Real writers wrote novels. I wrote reviews of novels. Real writers published work in magazines you held in your hand. I published pieces online. Real writers made a living as a writer. I had a day job. Whatever I did, it was never enough in my eyes. Did you yeah. did, did you write this under a pseudonym? <laughs> no. You could have. No, I could have. I've been writing posts like that recently, actually. And it's part, I mean, it's for myself as much as for um, anyone else who reads them. But just about that whole, like, breaking out of that idea that there's some other hurdle you have to jump over before you can call yourself a writer because you are just a writer i mean if you write you're a writer so right Right. so right yes i mean we talk about the difference between a writer and an author and how that transformation does take place and has certain things that you have to do so an author is a much more public figure and so this author talks about this too the longer so she talks about She lives in New York, so the longer I live in New York, the more writers I bump into. The more I bump into, the more I see that they're people, too. They're famous, of course, but they're famous for doing the hard, hard work of messing with words, just like I do. Mm -hmm. So there's not really a difference between them. Exactly. And so if you're spending your time, or at least a significant portion of your life, dealing with words, and, and once you put those words out there for people to read, then you're a writer. I agree, which is why I have a friend who um, she does book reviews um, and and she was at this Utopia conference I was at last year and she said she kept swearing to me that she was not a writer. And I was like, girl, like you put words into a format that then people read and communicate. You're a writer. Own it. Okay, now we might. I might um, parse words between a writer and an author because I think there is marketing and all kinds of things that go with being an author that are a bit different than being a writer. Right. Well, yes. But that's... An author's a more public figure in my mind. It's... Well, and it, I mean, I guess, yeah, to to a certain extent. But I there mean, are I'm not of... going to sign anybody's computer for my blog post. Right? Maybe. No. I don't know. I think there are people that want me to sign their computer for that blog post I wrote that Amanda Palmer shared. Or, or like their hand or something, you know. <laughs> or their hairy leg. There you go. Even better. <laughs> oh, we could do something with this marketing one. Ooh. <laughs> um, what was I say? Okay, we can't get distracted. Say. No rabbit no. holes. No rabbit holes. Well, 
sometimes. But okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I wrote this is actually kind of bouncing off of the idea of like who's a writer, um, who's not a writer. And it's based on what we were just talking about. And then what you mentioned a few minutes ago of that list of like things you should do in writing. And cause I kind of chafe at those lists as well. I feel like there's lots of interesting ideas in there, but, um, yeah, cause but it's as, too plotter for you. You don't Well, like lots of people have found that, you know, you can follow a list of somebody else's prescriptive rules for being a writer and they don't necessarily bring you success. So like you have to figure out what works for you. And so your list of things you should do to be a writer are not necessarily the same as mine, you know? Right. So, so this brings us to the discussion we've been having on Twitter with Sam and Thomas about the article that came out ab- about how to get better exposure on Medium. Well, right, yeah. Better rankings or something like that. I think, yeah, it was um, traffic. Traffic. Was- oh, yeah. So you want to describe that conversation in your conclusion? Because I think you kind of nipped that in the bud pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> My, I no, I feel like it was Thomas. I just jumped on the bandwagon. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, this is true. I believe this because basically, like they were saying, you know, post at a certain time of day and on certain days of the week and certain numbers of words and um, a certain reading level and you know, like all these different things. Um, but those are, um, uh, what was it that Thomas said too that. They're just like, um, they're not, the the things that they were finding um, that made those posts more shareable or whatever were not the actual thing that makes people want to share the post. It's not that it's easy to read or that, you know, was posted on a Tuesday or whatever. It's it's the content of the post. So, like, the other thing You gotta things, have some meat. Yep. Right. The other things are kind of, um, dang it, there was a word, a word that he used and it's escaping me right now. And so I'm going to open up Twitter and see if I don't crash our Skype in the process because it's drawing bandwidth over here. But um, why can I not remember what it was that he said? And I was like, this Mm -hmm. is totally true. There, he said it's content. To more, yeah. So maybe I know this is crazy. It's the content of the article that leads to more shares. Right. There was another thing he said before that. Oh, yeah. Association does not equal causation. That's what he said. And I was like, this right here. Totally. Yeah. Because, like, those things may also be contributing factors in some kind of way but the point is if you um, follow all of those rules but you have a really shallow crappy post it's probably not going to get as many shares so it still comes down to content well and okay so here's the thing going back to our discussion about writers I'm going to diverge for a second would you (laughs) consider yourself a runner um occasionally i oh, mean I, see you can't even go there i know I, but i, I really think... kind of thought i would hook hoodwink you into it <laughs> but no so what did you do this weekend i ran beta breakers which is how many miles eight well it's seven miles but eight miles if you count all the dodging drunk people you have to do well, sure yeah i mean there's always dodging drunk people in any good race <laughs> well at beta breakers Okay, definitely is. so did you wear running shoes? I did. Did you run the whole time? Uh, no, I walked a little bit on the hill. Hayes Hill is hard. And did you wear a bib? Yes. A running bib, not a bib like Ben. <laughs> yes. Um, but so did a lot of people who walked the whole way. So? And they also well, wore running shoes. So what you're saying is that they aren't runners. So you can judge somebody else, but you can't judge yourself accurately. No, I think technically we're speaking the same thing there, too, though, of the idea that you have to um, 
like it's the content that counts, right? So if I had worn the bib, done the race um, with, you know, my running shoes and a sweatband on my head um, and like drank the water, sucked on some goo or whatever that stuff is. <laughs> but I walked the whole way. I'm still not a runner. I'm a walker, right? So... So the fact that I was running means I'm a runner. Um, and it's the same thing with writing. You're right. So, like, if you write, you're a writer. Like, there's just no getting around that. It doesn't matter what you write. It right. doesn't matter so, what time you write. Nope. It doesn't even matter if you write seven days a week, five days a week, three days a week, once a month. You're still a writer. And it honestly doesn't matter if you reveal that writing to anyone else ever. True. Yeah. Nobody even has to read it. Just like in running, it doesn't matter if anybody else knows that you go out and run or not. <laughs> the fact is that you're doing it. Yes. So then, but if I you mean, want people to believe you when you tell them that you're a runner, they might want to see you actually do it. Right. And it's so the same thing with writing. They might want evidence. They might want evidence <laughs> in a race that you run, a picture on Facebook, you know, a certain kind of running shoes. I mean, because runners right. are kind of like that. The fact yes, that you uh, eat goo, the fact that you don't. Which, by the way, I would never do. Just just to clarify. The fact that you don't walk while in the midst of a race. All of these things. In the same way, people, when you call yourself a writer, expect that there's some kind of product, some kind of evidence of that. But here's the thing. That's only for their peace of mind. It's not for yours. Right. So you can fall prey to that and worry about what other people think about you and whether they really think you're a writer or not. Or you can just kind of... Do your thing. <laughs> so um, in a related tangent, I have to tell you, um, I had an incident and on the off chance that this person is ever going to listen to this podcast because she may, I totally forgive you. I'm not going to name you here. Nobody has to know. But, you know, whatevs. It's, it's water under the bridge. But this person was talking to me about how they were um, going to go and get their MFA or finish it. They'd started it, but they hadn't finished it. And then they had a job opportunity that opened up because of that with this MFA program and how like they were really excited because all these um, writers were going to come and do like guest lecturer positions or whatever and and real professional editors would be there, you know, to like, to, to give them tips and like, to, to like lead some of the classes or whatever. And then she looked at me and she said, not that you're not a professional. And you're like, yeah. And I was like, really, (laughs) really? We're going to play that game right now because I'm like, I get paid to do this all the time. What did, I mean, this is how I pay my bills. What what else does a professional mean to you? Exactly. I'm like, I'm not an amateur. Like, this isn't just a hobby. Like, I'm technically a professional. And then, you know, because I was riding on, I was actually riding on a little bit of um, an ego boost from earlier that day. So it didn't really phase me all that much. I just kind of rolled my eyes at her like, whatever, you know, and she's like, I mean, you're, you're totally a professional, but I was like, yeah, that's really okay. And I don't care because earlier that day, a former client of mine um, had tweeted on Twitter about um, developmental editors that he would recommend to people. And he had, I think, like four names, and mine was one of them. And Chuck Sambacino, who writes for Writer's Digest and edits a whole lot and is a lot more famous than I am in the writing world. We were in the same sentence there. See? So I was like, I think I'm okay with the fact that you don't think I'm a professional because you've never worked with me, so how would you know? But whatevs. I'm over it. I'm over it. (laughs) Now, now that I've shared it, now I'm over it. Okay, but here's the thing. Like, again, association does not mean causation. Exactly. There is not a a strict to-do list that that you have to do in order to cause yourself to be a writer or to cause yourself to be a runner. In fact, it's self-identity. You know, if you view yourself to be a writer, you're a writer. You are. And what I... I mean, unless, unless... You actually don't put any pen to paper ever. Right? True. Because writers write. That's just what it comes down to. Writers write. Yes. And editors edit and runners run. Like, 
Anything right. else, like it doesn't they, matter how fast they might or not how run far. the whole eight miles, you exactly. know, but runners run. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and I think that this is the thing that gets us all caught up. And in fact, there's another article in here. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to find it. <laughs> there's another article that was talking about that is that we, as writers, get more concerned about what other people think about us. And about whether people think that we really could make it as a writer instead of just writing. Like, just do that. If you yeah. just did that, we would get a lot more writing done. And in fact, perhaps for finish these books we all talk about that we're doing. It's true. and It's so and true. They, there's no, like, there's no prescription for success at any of it either. So, like, you can't like follow some list of rules that then make you part of the club and then right, therefore right. you have success. You just have to keep doing it. And this is actually at Harrelson Press. I have to talk to my authors about this a lot. Okay. Well, I'm not a successful author. Okay. <laughs> what does it mean to you to be a successful author? Right. You have a book that has your name on it. You have people who have bought your book. You have people who have said they like your book. What else do you want? Well, I want to sell more books. Okay, we'll sell more books, but it doesn't mean you're not successful because you have sold books. Right. In my opinion. Well, I want to end up on the New York Times bestseller list. Okay, well, you're going to have to write something very different than this because this won't ever make the New York Times bestseller list. And it has nothing to do with your writing, actually. It has to do with a lot of other stuff that has nothing to do with writing. And I mean, like, what was it? That one... uh, See a preacher that wrote that book, he proved that you can be on the bestseller list with whatever kind of book you write as long as you are the one who buys the volume. Yes, that exactly. Pushes you over the sure if you have enough family, you know, if over you have the line, income. right? Yep. So go for it. But do like it. the mean, whole point it. of that is just like quantity sold. It doesn't have anything to do with quality. Yeah. So. Anyways, I have um, – that was that – I sent you a link to put in the show notes for a, the post that I wrote about uh, six qualities of successful writers. Nice. And, and basically it says, do we successful writers, do we write every day? Some of us do. Do we write a c- certain number of words each session? Some of us do. What kind of books do we read? All kinds. <laughs> when do we write? Early in the morning, late at night, on our lunch breaks – when you're hiding from the kids in the bathroom, like, you know, it's just like, there's no one thing that defines this is a writer except for the, we write, you know? Okay. But I, I think this is interesting because you said writers put words to the page. Yes. So I have definitely been driving and have audio noted writing that I uh-huh. that was going through my head to get it out. So this is an interesting concept is that do you actually have to type or pick up a pencil or or pen to write? Not necessarily. No, but eventually those words will go somewhere. Yeah. So and that that I think is the point because, you know, otherwise you're a radio broadcaster. (laughs) (laughs) A podcaster. I mean, that's what we are. We're podcasters. Are we, you know, not podcasters because we don't have like a strictly outlined <laughs> show that we follow this whole like wait 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 let's go back to the basics because we can't figure out why we can't hear each other <laughs> half of the time when we're setting up our show no we're still no. podcasters because exactly we exactly are we not podcasters because we have to call in sam almost every week no <laughs> that doesn't make no. us not podcasters exactly exactly oh god <laughs> identity it's very sticky and it's very important but see both of us identify pretty easily with podcaster but runner and writer maybe not so easily because we for whatever reason we have specific criteria that we think a writer should be and sometimes it's not based on what is true or what we actually think, but on what we've heard somebody else say. And we just like internalize that. So like this person who is, you know, saying that, you know, not that you're not a professional about my editing. Like she obviously has some kind of internalized criteria for what she thinks that is. And probably it is that I've had decades at some publishing company or other that I haven't had decades at, but. Or she was just your friend and she doesn't see you as, you know, because when this is exactly what this author was saying, like, 
once I noticed that the writers and the authors that I admired were people too, it took some of that allure away or that, right. you know, so if, and this is hilarious. I just had an exchange with someone who was asking me about a manuscript review, gave my suggestion and they said, well, should we have someone like in education who reviews this too? And I'm like, <laughs> mm, right. So, Actually, I have a master's in literacy, and I can tell you what reading level this is on because I have a master's in literacy. Like, this uh-huh. is how I got into this business, kind of. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot that about you. And it wasn't – it was just I don't think about that aspect of your life because I don't see that part. Like, I don't see you I'm- in the classroom. So we forget that a lot of times crazy but i think okay but i think really for me at least it's not an internal thing for me writing or becoming a writer or being able to call myself a writer it's exactly what this author says she says writers were other to borrow a phrase from graduate school they were as magical as unicorns as unusual as two dollar bills as impressive and imposing as niagara falls i knew they existed that they were dreaming of the books i consumed and cherished but i couldn't fathom that we lived in the same world or that (laughs) i could join their ranks and that's my thing it's not sure i can tell you that i'm a writer but let me tell you how many other better writers there are yeah. But again, I feel like that's imposter syndrome coming back to like haunt you and keep you from reaching your potential. Right. So it's the I same think, thing that I deal with. So, well, and I think that this is a good place for us to come back to because I mean, how many times have we talked about imposter syndrome? But imposter syndrome is not necessarily your limiting yourself or not being able to call yourself something like a writer or an author. It's also. The comparison game. And that's something that is crippling to a lot of people. Well, uh, I wrote about that in my blog this week, too. Well, send us the link for that. You can find show notes this week at Thinking Out Loud (laughs) 112, 112. Here you go. Crazy. On the Thinking.fm network. Thanks to Sam for all his post-production that he does for us continually. We greatly appreciate it. One day we might pay you for it. But probably we'll just keep asking you to come help us figure out why we can't hear each other. It's true. Such but one day, one day we might have lots of sponsors. And we can you never them. know. We can give back to thinking.fm all of the things that they've given us, providing us yes. an audience and an identity as podcasters. <laughs> that is nice. It is. But yeah, the comparison game will kill you every time. Actually, um, what I wrote about, I think right now I can't remember how wide a scope I talked about it in, but I definitely talked about comparison with my running um, because that's that whole thing of, you know, do I call myself a runner? Sure, I call myself a runner. But sometimes when I like, you know, tell people how fast I run, they're like, oh, so you jog. And I'm like, if you want to split hairs, uh, sure. Sure. I mean, it feels like running to me, but if that's a jog to you, sure, I'm a jogger. But, and then, you know, like, or, and then the other thing that happens to me is, and this is because I like to tell people I don't, I'm not really competitive, but I'm actually super competitive. Um, I just try to like tamp it down a lot. But so I'll be going along on my run and some chippy young 21 year old goes whizzing past me you know, at whatever their speed is with whatever their like length of stride is and, you know, whatever. And, and I get really angsty and I speed up and then I feel really terrible (laughs) in my run because (laughs) I'm running too fast. And so I like have to slow back down and then I feel like I'm awful and I'm so slow. And then I get home and I run faster than I ever run. And it's because I'm comparing myself to somebody else. And so, yes, you know, I can run faster, but it doesn't make me feel very good. And so then I don't enjoy my run anymore. And it's all because I was like, oh, I I should be running faster than this. Like, nobody, there's no rule, you know, like it's exercise for crying out loud. That's right. Just I mean, go you're do it. helping your heart. <laughs> like, let's put it into perspective here, people. But it's the same thing with, with creative um things as well with painting or drawing or writing you know like somebody else's benchmark is theirs it's not yours you do 
what you're going to do because like every every word you put on the page is a word closer to you know being better or finally writing that one thing that gets published or or touching somebody who really needed to hear the words or the story that you had to tell so that's exactly right and so i mean zippy mczipster i mean <laughs> exactly zippy's probably not going to be a gold medalist they're not no know, and Olympic zippy scouts out there Probably has been running a lot longer than I have, too. Like, started earlier, you know, even though she's almost 20 years younger than me. It doesn't matter. Like, Or has different goals, and that's the thing. Exactly. Like, I mean, think about the different, different goals, different life experience, yes, like the whole thing. Think about Veronica Roth, who got her bestseller published at 20. And then Donna Tart, wasn't it? How old was she? Like, 56 or something i better look this yeah up. and some people with their first books published you know are in their 80s or whatever and it's because of you know when you when you pick it up when you begin like what your goal is immediately when you start it yeah it just it, what it comes down to is like you can't you waste too much time like stressing out about all the things that's that right you try to keep yourself out of the club with when really you should just do the things that are going to get you what you want which is if you want to be published you have you have to write and you have to write a lot so get going oh 49 i said sorry i said i'm sorry miss tart please please <laughs> please don't take that offensively <laughs> um okay but this says donna tart is the kind of writer who makes other writers in the words of her fellow southern Sc southerner scarlett o'hara pee green with envy mm -hmm. but it took her till 49 to make a bestseller Mm-hmm. You know, and I've read interviews by her where she was like, I thought I was just writing for myself and publishing for, you know, the 500 people who bought my book. But it, that's the whole thing. You have to set your own goals. What is yep. your – do you want to be a bestseller? Do you want to be Donna Tartt? Do you want to be Veronica Roth? Do you want to be – who do you want to – do you want to get your movie turned into a film? You know, those right. are all different kinds of goals. If you want to write a story that has an impact on someone, then every time that you hear from someone that that story impacted them, you you're have a success. to – You're a success. You're a writer. You're an author. Like, stop it. Stop it. Have a celebration for it. Exactly. If you have one person who has said, gosh, I'm so glad you wrote that. Go eat a cinnamon roll. <laughs> That's mine. That's my reward. Like, you've done it, you know? And does that take some adjusting and readjusting to how you view yourself and how you view this writing kind of career that you thought you were going to have? Maybe, but maybe it's just the start. You know, maybe this is how things get started and who knows where it'll go. Well, and maybe, like, the whole point is to get comfortable in your own skin and where you are now. Now. Yeah, before you get in front of people and just embarrass it yourself. <laughs> you know, be thankful. <laughs> no. <laughs> but seriously, you know, I think in our striving and trying to achieve more and, hurt, you know, jump the next hurdle without knocking it over or whatever, we miss the aspect of, oh, my gosh, someone actually read what I wrote and had a thought that they wanted to share with me about or right. shared it with somebody else or talked about it to somebody else. Like, that's pretty freaking awesome, actually, it's, to think that something that you wrote influenced someone enough that they're talking about it days after they read it, weeks after they read it, months after they read it, and they wanted to share it with someone else. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. It's awesome. So again, does that mean you're going to be a New York Times bestseller? Maybe not. Association does not mean causation, right? Right. But does it mean that you're a writer? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I think so. Yes. Awesome. Um, so what do you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, reading. so what are you reading by real writers? You know? <laughs> well, I am reading the arc of... Um, the DIY MFA book, which Ooh. is going to be published at the beginning of June. Um, and so, like, I've been helping Gabriella with her book launch, and um, 
we have a street team. There's like 70 people in it, I think, um, that are all reading this early galley copy of DIY MFA the book. And it's super awesome to to like see that this really great writing philosophy is going to get out into like a wider audience. Um, so I'm excited for Gabriella and, and it's fun reading through. And I mean, a lot of, I mean, I've been working with her pretty closely for more than two years now. Um, so like a lot of, a lot of the philosophy in there, I'm like, Oh yeah, I know all this. I'm like, I got this. I know what's going on here. Um, but so it's cool to see it all like come together in this new package. Um, excited for her. That's awesome. So is it going to be an ebook or a print book or both? Both. Wow. Both. Yeah. And they're doing a launch party at the Writer's Digest conference. Um, Beautiful. And yeah, everything there. So I'm going to be helping Gabriella with that as well. Very nice. Yeah. So that release date, it, oh, is there at the conference. Nice. Well, it's releasing before then. It releases in June. Wow, that's close. Yeah. Um, let me look at Amazon. I'll tell you what Amazon says for their date. Because it's on there. Oh, so can you pre-order? Yes. It's available for pre-order at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I think even on iBooks, but I actually don't know. Write with focus, read with purpose, build your community. Yep, that's her. July 8th is what it says. It says July 8th. Maybe that's when it's available. There, I think it's actually, um, you can pre-order it on Amazon or you can go to the Writer's Digest. Nice, nice. I'm telling you, you better get her autograph. <laughs> and yours oh, too. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. She um, actually, um, I'm gonna be working a lot more with her in the coming months. Um, I I have a title with their, with the DIY MFA organization. Now I'm a creative content strategist. Um, nice. Which is kind of cool. Fancy. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, do you identify as a creative content strategist? Or? I do. I do. I think the more if that I. They make you a name. I'm going to. Oh, oh. When's your birthday? Oh, it already was. <laughs> it's in December. You have like. You could do a half birthday thing in June, but um, it's kind of oh. a long way away. <laughs> I have such a good idea, and I almost revealed it to you, and I'm not going to. <laughs> you might want to hold on to that. Oh, Oops. yes. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> oh, what I'm reading. Right. My turn. Sorry. Yeah. What are you reading? So I'm reading this great book called – I just lost it. Wait a second. When You Reach Me. By Rebecca Stead. Do you know Rebecca Stead? She's a young adult novelist. And she's the winner of the 2010 Newbery Medal. This book is. And Oh, you would like it. It has kind of these fantasy, sci-fi kind of leanings. Mm -hmm. But the main character's favorite book is, guess what? Uh, the Giver? No. Good guess, though. Oh. Good guess. <laughs> Madeline Lingle's A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, nice. Is it Goodbye Stranger? Is that the book by her? Rebecca by... Stead? Oh, that's not the one I'm oh, no, reading. no, she has a lot. Yeah, she has a lot. When You Reach Me is the one I'm reading. Oh, okay. I see it. I see it now. It's good. I'm going to have to read a lot more of her. Nice. Well, luckily, it looks like she has quite a backlist for you to catch up on yeah this is her award winner have any of the other ones it looks like one of the other ones oh no that's when you reach me also when you reach me in first light in like a kindle bucket first light books i wonder if oops sorry can you hear that (laughs) making noise (laughs) no well, I'll put her website here on show notes, too. Cool. Nice. I'm glad you're enjoying that. I know. Now I'm now I'm wondering, like, who is... Do you know First Light Books? Whoops. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah. 
<laughs> Anyways, okay, there's another article, too, about somebody who pretty famously wrote about self-publishing and the draws of that and why people should do it. So it makes me wonder if it's a self-published book. Nice. Yeah, okay. You can't. You really can't hear this website? Like, it's dinging at me. Nope, I can't hear it. Okay, I'm going to have to do that later. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. Okay, so if people want to talk to a real writer, <clears throat> you can find me um, on the web in a couple oh, of places. Oh, you did it! Yes. What? That means you're identifying as a real writer because you responded. Yes. Oh yes. I was going to say me, but no, no, I'm, you jumped right in there. I'm getting better at this. I'm there. I love have it. a I have a book cover almost. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. You can you can find me on the web at elizabethkaufman.com. That's Elizabeth with an S and Kaufman with two Fs. Um, elizabethkaufman.com. You can learn more just about me and like my life philosophies and what things I wish I told my teenage self and stuff like that there <laughs> and, and learn like where um, I'm going to be this, you know, if you wanted to meet me, I'm going to be at some events this summer and um, when my book's coming out and things like that. Um, and if you want to talk to me about editing, you can find me at writingrefinery.com um, and you can ask me for a quote there. You can use the contact form or my email is listed there as well. Um, you can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, on Goodreads, um, all at Writing Refinery, um, and I'm super happy to chat with you about any kind of problems you're having with your stories, or um, if you just need really good copy editing done, um, hit me up. Or I, I hear she's the top four developmental editor as well, according to some people. <laughs> I know, for some, for some people, so. She made the short list. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate that. <laughs> And if you want to talk about publishing, different models, if you want to talk about self-publishing or traditional publishing or dual endeavor publishing, you can give me a holler. Or if you just want a basic manuscript review saying, okay, here, I've I've done something. I don't know what this is. Tell me what to do next. You can contact me, uh, harrelsonpress.com, at harrelsonpress on Twitter, and harrelsonpress on Facebook. If you want to read about what I'm writing, which is kind of dicey material right now, but you can join me over at Mariana.net, too. Yay. Well, it's nice to talk to a real writer. I really do appreciate your I time. I agree. It's nice Ms. to Kaufman. talk to a publishing professional and a real writer as well. So thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. <laughs> so I'll talk very to famous. You. So I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.